life. God so loves the world that whoever believes in him, it does not matter where you were born or what your primary language is or what color your skin is, how old or how young you are, or what your gender identity and orientation are, God gave Jesus for you and for the cosmos. Hi, this is Richard Lanford, the red-headed preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie. Today's podcast is March 8th, 2020. The homily, it's a little shorter than a sermon, the homily is called, So Must the Son of Man Be Lifted Up. And the scriptures will be read by Barbara Todd. They're Genesis 12, 1 through 4, and the gospel according to John chapter 3, 1 through 17. There is a baptism this Sunday, and I will be bringing the homily uh, to focus on that, but it won't be immediately. So if you're waiting for me to talk about baptism right away, hang in there, because I will definitely get there. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you uh, are built up by this message, which is about baptism, but also about the, the, the living of the faith in these days. And um, without further ado, as I say too many times, here we go with our service on March 8th, 2020. Our first reading is Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. At the end of chapter 11, the reader is introduced to Abram and his wife, Sarah, and their family, who lived in Haran. In this pivotal passage, God now moves to start a new people through them. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Here ends the reading from Genesis. Our second reading is our Gospel lesson for today. It is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. In John's timeline and version of things, Jesus has already spoken of raising up the temple in three days were it to be destroyed, and has cast the money changers and animal sellers out of the temple. This was during Passover. And John says, many people believed in his name because they saw the signs that he was doing. Our story picks up here with a nocturnal visit from a leading and curious Pharisee. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. 
Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This concludes the reading of the Gospel and our scripture readings for this baptism morning. Thanks be to God for this, the word of God, for the people of God. I want to talk to you this morning about love. Having said that, here is a football. Not just any football. This is a football autographed by the Vikings Hall of Fame quarterback, Fran Tarkinson. Now, Beth ordered this for me for Christmas many years ago. But somehow, although we only paid for one, we received two in the mail. Sir Francis's daughter, Melissa, even talked to Beth on the phone about it, and she told Beth, oh, keep the second ball. These are 75 bucks a pop. So we chose to gift it to my brother David in Arizona, who got to see the man play in the 1960s. I got to see him in the 70s. And he wrote later, that when he opened the gift and saw it, he said that you could have pushed him over with a feather. Now forget about the football. I want to get back to love, and I will come back to that. I want to get back to love by asking one of my sermon questions. How have you been shown love in your life? Not given, but how have you been shown love in your life? Have you ever been bowled over by the love you've been shown? 
Or has love ever come to you in such a way that you could have been pushed over like a feather? That's some powerful love, even if it is primarily gentle. And I thought if only Clay could really comprehend now what love Andy and Melissa have for him, he would be bowled over. Do you remember the O. Henry story called The Gift of the Magi? It's the story of Delia and Jim Young, a young couple over 100 years ago. They were among the working poor. It was Christmas Eve. There are two prized possessions in their household. Delia's sumptuous, long, as in at-the-knees long hair, dark brown, and, and Jim's heirloom pocket watch handed down from his grandfather, which would make it circa 1840 or something. Well, there's not enough wiggle room in their budget for real Christmas gifts. Delia gets the idea, ding, ding, to sell her beloved, long, luxurious locks, and she gets enough money to buy Jim a platinum fob for his wristwatch. What a sacrifice. But he'll love it. However, Jim, unbeknownst to Delia, was moved by the same selfless spirit, and he sells his pocket watch to procure the dough to buy lovely combs for Delia's hair. Well, when they realize this at the same point, what did you do? What did you do? Here, here. Uh, They are overcome with love as they realize what sacrifices each has made of their most prized possession for the other. They've shown each other the love that is focused on the joy of the beloved, regardless of what it cost. Such self-effacing love is why Memorial Day is so important to so many of us. In other fiction, it's one big reason why Harry Potter longs for and loves his late parents, because they were killed trying to protect him from he who must not be named. Whenever you or I are presented with something that cost the giver so much, especially of him or herself, and maybe not so much the money, and there are no strings attached of any kind, and we know that this gift will not be gift leveraged in the future, later in the relationship, we know, if we didn't before, that we are profoundly loved. The only thing that might make it more powerful is if the lover never let on that this sacrifice was made, if she or he never called attention to it, and you found out about it anyway. But in this covenant of baptism that we've made this morning, that's not going to happen. We have pledged not to let it happen, this keeping it so that nobody knows. Melissa and Andy as parents... Jeff and Katerina as sponsors, and we gathered as a congregation, we're talking about love and self-denial for the benefit of clay. But it is not a love to try and cover up and not keep keep everyone in the dark about. No, not at all. You know I'm talking about the love of God. Melissa and Britta and everyone who has been in my confirmation class 
had to learn John 3.16 by heart. And we heard their former Sunday school teacher, Barb Todd, read this morning, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Cosmos in Greek. God so loved the world, the cosmos, that he gave. And when you love someone, you give. We give when we love. And what did God give the world? Well, not a, not a what. Not an it. But a who. And not just any who. But Jesus, the Son of Man. The Son of God. Even God with us. Emmanuel. For all of his life and his suffering and death and resurrection. All for our blessed benefit. For our forgiveness. For our salvation. Our understanding of how deep God's love is for the world. For everyone. How deep it goes. It makes clear that Jesus came for love and not to condemn. The classes also learn verse 17 to make that clear. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Or as Jesus put it, because I think that's John commenting, As Jesus put it, and just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. God so loves the world that whoever believes in him, it does not matter where you were born, or what your primary language is, or what color your skin is, how old or how young you are, or what your gender identity and orientation are, God gave Jesus for you and for the cosmos. If we will have him and believe and follow him, and even if we won't, that does not change the faith fact that God loves us. The story about Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness is from the book of Numbers. And the Israelites, they were tired of this wilderness wandering. You know, it went on 40 years, which might be Bible language for a very long time, or it might have been 40 freaking years. Anyway, they were bad-talking Moses and God. Poisonous snakes came and started to bite them, and they got super sick. So they cried to Moses, who turned to the Lord, who said, Make this bronze serpent, put it on a pole, lift it up, in plain sight of everyone, and tell the sick to look at it and believe, and they will be healed, and they will be, and they were. Now, Jesus compares himself to that serpent, lifted up, except he was not bronze, nor a serpent. But the sense of, you know, the look at him in trust and be healed, or have eternal life, or enter or see the kingdom of God, as Jesus was talking with Nicodemus, or be born of the Spirit, or born from above. The serpent was lifted up on a pole. Jesus, God's gift of love, was lifted up on Calvary's cross for us, for the cosmos. And he was raised from the grave for us as well. And this we cannot keep a secret. This sacrificial grace of God 
which is for Clay and for Andy and for Melissa and the world. In fact, this good news of the passionately giving love of God is to be lifted up among us all the time. And when Clay is around, especially, in hopes of him being attracted to Jesus and coming to faith in him himself. This is our baptismal promise, to lead him toward an understanding of this faith and into faithful service in Christ's church. But first things first, to hold up and support these parents in their efforts to do this. It's not on them alone. It, just like any of us growing in our faith is not just on us alone. Baptism is a covenant community event. We have promised to lift up the love of God we meet in Jesus, so Clay will also look up in faith. And we must do more than just lift up the love of God in conversation, in Sunday school lessons. We lift up Jesus in the mission works we do, whether that means collecting non-perishable food for the township food pantry or for the Jesse Brown VA clinic, or donating for Aldi's cards, or participating in our mission with the community kitchen of A Just Harvest, which I know Melissa has done, along with Britta, and all my confirmation students have to do that. Now, we do lift up Jesus in Sunday school, and in singing in the choir, and in being a nursery attendant, which is where my wife is right now, in contributing towards the Undy 500 for the night ministry, by donating to one great hour of sharing, we lift up the love of God has for everyone, by inviting LGBTQ friends or family here, by inviting those uh, who are living with mental health challenges here, and sincerely welcoming them as we are an open and affirming congregation. As I said mere minutes ago, we have all entered into a holy covenant this day. May God grant us the grace to keep it. So it's cool for my brother David to be pleasantly surprised by the Tarkenton autographed football that he could have been blown over by a feather. What's much cooler is that Clay Pallock has been baptized into the love and care of Christ's church. What we get to do then is to lift up the Son of Man in our words and our actions, in the vibes we give off, how we treat one another, because of this grace we have all been given. May it blow us over like a feather. May it one day blow him over like a feather. And we get to do this. We get to share this. We get to lift up the Son of Man. It's an honor. It's a privilege. It's good news. Amen. This concludes our March 8th edition of the Red-Headed Preacher podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, there will be another baptism. I know in advance that the gospel lesson is going to be Jesus encountering the Samaritan woman at the well, and then her going to her village and telling them all about Jesus. So we'll see how we can work that into a baptism. Thanks again so much for listening and for tuning in, and may God bless your week. Bye.